Joining me now is Andrew Barnes. Andrew is the founder of the Four Day Week and also the founder of Perpetual Guardian in New Zealand. So, uh, look, thanks for coming in. I know you spend a lot of time overseas, so it's good to see you here. Good to see you too, and in, in, in the studio. I'd like to start with the Four Day Week. What triggered you to go down this track? <laughs> well, I, I'm pretty dangerous when I'm on planes. Yeah, I um, heard so that. I was, on a, I was on a plane and I was reading an, an Economist article yeah. and it said that the Brits were only productive for two and a half hours a day and if you were Canadian, you were only productive for one and a half hours a day. And I thought, that's interesting. And then I thought, well, actually, does that apply to my business? Mm. And I then thought, you know, it probably does. You know, you come to work, you have a cup of coffee, we have a chat, you do some emails maybe a bit of social media, read the paper, then get down to work. Somebody taps you on the shoulder and says, can you help me with this? Mm. So you get interrupted, then you're trying to catch up with the kids, crisis at home, whatever it is. Mm. There's lots and lots of things during the day that mean that you're not that productive. And so my assumption was that if that was right, mm. and you were only productive for about two and a half hours a day, you only have to find 45 minutes of additional productivity each day for four days to get the same productivity as you would get for five. So does this does it change the behaviour then that there's less of this, you know, yeah, unproductive it, time? That's exactly right. Yeah. But what we're doing is we say to our staff, you can. It's what we call the 180-100 rule. We mm. pay you 100% of your salary. Mm -hmm. You only have to work 80% of the time, so four normal yeah. days, not four longer yeah. days, provided you give us 100% of the productivity, the output that we have agreed between us. So that's the key thing, is to actually be very clear on what the outputs are? Absolutely. And so when you go into what we call our productivity policy, you opt in, mm. we have agreed productivity outcomes, mm. And so actually then it suddenly becomes you know, a quite a, an interesting psychological play because it's done on a team basis. Mm -hmm. so, oh, so it's not done on an individual You opt in individually, the team goals are set. So, oh, okay, okay, yeah. so suddenly, um, actually if you want that day, you realise that A, you've got to put in, mm. but secondly, if that slacker next to you is on you know, Facebook, you're going, hang on mate, get off, because if you don't deliver the productivity, we all lose our day. Yeah, okay, so, it's, so, there's a, so it makes each other accountable, mm. so it puts a competitive sort of accountability. Well, not so much competitive. What it does is it makes people really think that this is a, this is a compact between me and them. I'm saying, look, I recognise that the way mm. we work today is not right. I'm gonna give you a day, mm -hmm. I'll mm. give you a day back. Mm -hmm. In return, you've gotta give me the productivity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's, that's how this works. It's quite a, it's quite a mature conversation between employee and employee. Does it mean there's a greater um, requirement on HR to keep on top of what people are doing, or does it no. self-police itself? It's self-policing. So does it have a novelty factor which you might think will wear off over time? Well, and <laughs> interestingly, people will say to me this, and I said, well, actually, the very first experiment that proved mm. that shortening a working week would increase productivity dates from 1917 okay. and it was a British munitions factory manufacturing uh, shells for the Western Front mm -hmm. and it was working you know seven days a week long hours and they dropped the working week from seven days to six days mm -hmm. and production went up and the quality of output went up. Okay, so so we, we've known about this yeah. for an awful long time it's just that it's not conventional wisdom.
no, no. So in financial services, how does it work where you, you've always got customer interactions going on? Because a, a customer doesn't want to say, oh, they're only there four days a week. Well, yeah, but Perpetual Guardian, to all intents and purposes, yeah. a financial services company. We have retail branches, mm. 16 retail branches, mm. the length and breadth of New Zealand. Zealand. So we have to be open conventional hours. Mm. So it's not everybody takes a Friday off or a mm. Monday off. Each of the teams decides who's going to get mm. what day each week. Yeah. And the idea is that we have to be open the same length of hours that mm. we would normally be open. Customer service has to be the same high standard mm. as so we would expect. That's part of the you know the criteria for this project yeah. so you're just saying to the staff how would you do it mm. how would you make sure that we deliver the con continue to deliver outstanding service so if we can do it mm. frankly every financial institution in the country can do it okay so so then then we overlay that and you know I'm interested in this because you do a lot of digital um, innovations mm -hmm. and that's been a big part of your your business so by going to a four-day week does it then you know, we talk about um, artificial intelligence and machine learning and all these things helping productivity. Yep. Does it encourage more of that to happen? Well, interestingly, so far, all we've seen is we've seen our productivity within the day improve mm. and, in fact, overall productivity go up just from changes in behaviours, yeah. how so people behaviours, yeah. Right? But the next stage, of course, is that as you bring in new technology, mm. That gives us an opportunity actually to, to further improve the mm -hmm. service. Um, actually, I think it gives us an opportunity to extend hours, bizarrely, that actually, because once people start to say, mm. you know, I would rather work three o'clock in the afternoon to eight o'clock at night, I'm, I can say, well, sure, that, that works for me. I'm looking for productivity. So over time, mm. actually, I think this changes the way we work. And, and what we're trying to do, and I think this is the key point, Gig enables any business to do yep. that, but the downside of gig, if you are an employee, mm. is A, you have no sick pay, you have no holiday pay, you have no superannuation, mm. you have nobody investing in your future, mm. it's mm. just literally you're employed for that job. Mm. And I think that's a really bad thing. Whereas what I'm doing is I'm trying to give my staff the flexibility they need, but with those hard fought for protections still in place. Yeah, yeah. So they've got the sick pay, they've got the holiday pay, they've got the, the mm. investment in their future. Mm. And I'm very passionate about this, that the, if we don't change our legislation to enable companies to operate flexibly, mm. we will get gig. And that's a very high price for society to pay. Yes, yeah. And, and the flexibility is just becoming a bigger and bigger issue in, in the employment space from what I can see. That's, that's exactly right, but funnily enough, it's often being misread. I think it's a long con, because basically people say it's a gig, I work when I want. Mm. No, you don't. Mm. You make yourself available to work. Mm. The guy who owns the gig mm. decides whether or not you get it. Yes. And if you don't work when they want, mm. over time, you will get the worse, poorer and poorer shifts. You'll gradually drop down the list of people they're giving the gig to. So at the end of the day, you actually have to work when they want, yes, not yes. when you want. Yeah, oh, it's fascinating. And now to change the topic totally, we were having a discussion the other day, and, and you were concerned that a lot of these bad behaviours which came up in the last correction <laughs> are starting to surface again. Well, what are you seeing? Well, well, for example, uh, and I will I'll, I'll 
try not to name names, but but we'll, you see, know, we'll see how you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, but but look, I'm aware of some of these secondary lenders that were going initially in peer-to-peer -peer space, mm. and and frankly, that model's not really worked. So mm. now they've gone to a wholesale model. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, it's some of the you know deferred payment programs that you see in shops, mm -hmm. you know, pretty well the length and breadth of, of New Zealand now. And then what you find is that a bank is lending the money to that entity mm -hmm. to make those. Mm -hmm. Well, in the case of deferred purchase, mm -hmm. they're not loans because apparently they're not credit because apparently there's no interest rate, <laughs> yeah. which of itself is That's a bit ridiculous, mm -hmm. but. But what you're seeing is then a bank effectively lending at a wholesale rate mm. to an institution that's then lending out unsecured mm. to individuals where if you look at their business model, they're making their profit on the ones that are defaulting. So a large number of people mm. are already defaulting on these loans. Now, when you look at things like uh, the CDOs that, that really brought down the banking system mm. in you know, 2007, eight, what was that? That was institutions lending wholesale to a bank that, or someone that then lent it out to a whole bunch of individuals mm. on the basis that a portfolio mm. was nice and safe. Mm. Mm. So this is garbage, um, as, as I think the great line from uh, the big short, it's shit wrapped in shit in cat shit. So how far down the track do you think we are with this? And do you think, do you think we're, it's going to head to another correction? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I think we, the only reason why we haven't had a problem at the moment is that interest rates are so low, mm -hmm. right? So if you look at a, a dynamic where a wholesale rate is coming in something over uh, bill rate, maybe one or 2% mm -hmm. margin, you're talking about you know three, maybe four percent in mm. terms of interest rate. If you're lending at twelve, you're making that margin. If a quarter of those are then going bust and you're offsetting those, that's going to eat into your margin. Mm. But you are still making a decent profit margin. Yep. Now, if interest rates rise, well, the default rate on this side isn't going to go up by one or two percent. It's going to go up by 10, 20, 30 percent. And what happens is that instantly will mean that you'll drop below the funding point, you won't have the margin, and the whole thing will come on. So, so the trigger will be rising interest rates? Rising interest rates or uh, the economy rapidly going into some sort of recession, people losing jobs, you know, pro where effectively they can't make ends meet. And then this is all discretionary loans now. So once upon a time, in the, in the, if you will, in, the, in 2007, eight, it was housing. Mm, mm. Now it's all unsecured personal lending because I want to buy that shirt or that car. Yeah. Now, you might have run an argument you don't default on your mortgage. Mm. Not sure you don't default on that T-shirt, you know? Yeah, it's exactly, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's interesting how we go in cycles and we never learn, isn't it? Yeah. It yeah. is. I mean, I, I, I'm old enough now to have, and I had the misfortune that when I joined the finance industry, mm. I generally joined a department that mm. was cleaning up after the last mm. time the, the industry had crashed. So I'd gone through a uh, cleaning up after a property crash, a shipping crash, mid-corporate lending crash, equity crash, Japanese retreat from Australia crash. Right. Um, what was the next one? I think then that was a 
dot-com crash. Mm. Um, and then, of course, we had you know, GFC, GFC. And I think I've missed one. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's the same cycle same, same that just cycle. repeats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we never learn. We never learn. Oh, well, anyway, we'll watch the space and see <laughs> what happens. Well, thank you very much for your time. That was really interesting. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs>